This concept we're pivot. You understand just how we living. This for me is like rap religion. Open on beat, cause we got this skype. When it comes to this, y'all, I can get it hype. When it comes to this, y'all, calm has risen. How you living, huh? Yo, how you living, pivot? This week on How You Live in J. Piven, we've got the brilliantly funny Tom Segura, who uh, is pretty fearless on stage. Uh, I've been an admirer of his for a really long time. And selfishly, I just asked him a lot of questions on on how you how you become a, a good stand-up. And uh, he gave it to me straight. He was uh, brutally honest with me about how long it would take me. And, uh, you know, I took it like a goddamn man. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Segura. One thing that I've noticed, and I'm sure you know from being on film sets and, and being a stand-up, is like, they're two totally different worlds, different ideologies. Oh my God, yeah. And stand-ups are very protective of their space. Yeah, they're also protective of, yes, protective of space, and their stand-ups like, are inherently protective of struggle, you know? So like, there's gonna be like an inherent, uh, built-in, almost resentment to be like, dude, you're, you're a star. The fuck are you talking, you know what I mean? So like. There's gonna that's there's a layer of that to a, a comic who sees you that like you by just continuing to do it you earn their respect right because they're like oh they'll they'll think that like comics will will see somebody who has fame doing stand up as like oh this is just a like a throwaway amusing thing to them or they're just trying to look like make money you know between gigs or they're simply not going to be able to do it and one, yeah. and once they attempt it they'll see how difficult it is and they'll never be great true yeah they'll yeah they'll, they'll never be great <laughs> and but i mean but all that ties to the fact that like they're 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 seeing it as like comics want want to know that like you struggled either like financially in life, emotionally, or at the very least, like if you're like, I'm still doing, I'm still doing it, like you earn comics respect, that you're like, no, nah, no, nah, I've been like, I've been bombing, but going back, then comedians go like, oh, that's cool. You know, like you are. But it'll, ne- let's be honest, it'll never be enough. Be- it'll, because- it'll never be enough for everyone, but that's also true for everything. You know what I mean? Like, so you, if you, stick with it like it's you know that that like ultimately it has to be for your own fulfillment like you can't do it for the other guy's approval you can't no one can no you know there's people that like that don't like any other like don't like me don't like don't don't like somebody and you're like you know there's parts of you that go like that sucks i wish that person was like i like you but i mean it can't deter you from what you're gonna do not at all. And that's one of the biggest lessons, not only about stand-up, but about performing and about life. Right. Because it does become a superpower when you truly are not tied to how you are seen. Right. And accepted or celebrated or whatever. But, you know, I... I can't read the comments, bro. Can't read the comments, right? <laughs> like yeah. social media, you can't You can't be like, what's everybody saying? You know, you can't. But you're, you're like a, 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 a very interesting example of someone... Because I didn't know your background in sketch and all that kind of stuff. Because I assumed it was just stand up. Because you've 
you kind of earned it the old-fashioned way. There was nothing else from another arena that blew you up. Right. There wasn't an incident or whatever. You've just been grinding and came about it in a very honest way where you broke through because people connected with you. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, like, the one thing that I did do was just go on the road as soon as I was permitted to, like, as soon as I could book those gigs, uh, opening, like, featuring all over the country. Yeah, I did that for years. Do you remember why... Okay, when there's a difference between good and great, and you've gotten great, and do you remember when you were like, okay, it's happening, but I haven't quite found my voice. And you remember how and why it transitioned and when you locked in? Um, I mean, I don't feel like, I don't feel like you think about like a moment, you know, like, like you in a movie where it's like, ding, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? But like, I do feel like, you know, I used to always like ask myself, like to be, I try to be honest, like I, I think I'm a very realistic person in life in general, in all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just, you know, you, you have friends that you're like, you're, you're kind of delusional, right? About any number of things. Right. And I've always been like very, I'm going to be very honest about how, you know, how this is going. And I used to always just kind of go like, I'd finish a year, like 06, 07, and be like, was that, was this better than last year? Did I, did I get better as a comic? And like, is it worth, like, am I actually making progress? Am I getting more gigs? Is this like progressing? And I would always kind of feel like, you know, you know, even if this is not a great situation right now that I'm in, you know, I definitely did better in 08 than 07. How, how long did it take? And what was, you know what I mean? What are the variables? I, I think, it, I mean, it took, I think it took, uh, I'm trying to think, man, like, like 10 years or so. Um, it took like just doing it a bunch. I think the one thing that helped me was that like when I put out my first album, I just put out an album, like I recorded an album at a club and I put it out in 2010. And when I put it out, I treated it in my mind like it was an HBO special in that I would tell myself that everybody had heard it. Only that, like, only to use it as motivation to, like, don't rely on those jokes anymore. Get new material. Get new material. And I did that, like, in 2010 and 2012 mm-hmm. when, like, a thousand people heard it. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that really helped me a lot. And that helped me get to the next level as a, a writer and a performer because I was, like, that you see it all the time, especially if you've been around stand-up a lot. You go, man, I've been doing this 15 years and like there's there's a few comics that are like they're doing their set from 15 years ago. Yeah, I mean that's what's so fascinating is there's so many different types of comics. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, you know a little bit about my journey and you know that I've been a stage actor for, you know, almost my entire life and all that kind of stuff. And so that can lend itself to stand up in a certain way. Yeah. But if you had any advice for me just in terms of like how to hone the writing skills, mm. you know what I mean, and how to progress with that. Because there are rules and then you throw them away and whatnot, but. Yeah. I mean, I always just to tell people I felt, I feel funny with stand-up advice, and I'll tell you exactly why. Okay. Because usually you're telling somebody who's like out of college, right, and they're like, what should I do? Mm-hmm. And you know, you go, well, don't do this. Like, avoid this. And, and it might be like, 
pretty decent advice to you know write write more about this right but what you don't read like the way i see it is that the person who you just told to avoid something that thing may have been the thing that led to them figuring something out you know what i mean like by making the mistake of doing their impressions that you think suck they may have figured something out that actually works for them so i used to always feel like I just want you to know, like super hesitant about telling people in stand-up. I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> Fucking do it all. Right. Like, cause, because, you so, know. So you're saying that's what worked for you. Stumbling around yeah. until you've just, just yeah. uncovered and like, it. And, and, and here's the thing about stand-up advice. It always sounds cliche. It really does. Because like good stand-ups will always tell you basically the same thing. And the reason that they'll, is because they're right. Like it's not... I don't think it's that complicated or secretive, which is, I think you should do the shows that you're not sure about, that make you uncomfortable, because it's good to be uncomfortable, like on stage, as a performer, you know, it's like, you get offered a part where you're like, I don't know, I'm kind of like, you feel fear maybe to do that part, you're like, that makes it interesting. You know, stand-up shows like that, where they're like, this is an all black club, or this is an all alt room, and you're like, you're like I don't know, man. Like I always say, like do those for sure. Do those because mm-hmm. it's just it's just good. It's gonna break something out of you. You might do something you otherwise would never do. Right. And then the other things that are like, like I said, it's repetitive, but it's it, it's because it it's true. It works. Is like when you're especially when you're in that new phase, like young comic. You know, you're a few years in. You gotta like pretty much get on every mic what you're doing yes you get on every mic you can i am doing and are you saying it took you 10 years to think like a comic or 10 years to think like a good comic um yeah i i think it took me 10 years to to be the better version of my comedic self on stage like there's like that you know like you go like what's the perfect set of you and you're like it would be like this like and you and you just like feel like you're probably relaxed you know in mm-hmm. control right and you're like these types of bits right like everyone kind of has that imagination about themselves but like it takes that long for like the way you're imagining it to be the reality of it don't go anywhere how you live in J Pivot will be right back after we pay some bills me undies Oh man, this is an easy one. Why? Because I'm wearing them right now. I cuddle up with myself, I watch the UFC. It's a little tragic, I'm still single, 200 years old, don't worry about it. Here's the deal, with the new classic plaid and holiday sweater prints, MeUndies is turning up the comfort for the holiday season. You hear me? Loungewear, sleepwear, made out of soft, breathable, stretchy fabrics that are ideal for getting cozy by the fire, cup of tea, hot cocoa, maybe an adult beverage, maybe some mezcal, maybe you wake up naked on Dennis Robbins' stove. I don't know, okay? Make the whole family smile. Slippers, they got it all. Their sizes, by the way, go from extra small to 4XL, all right? That is unbelievable. So it goes from a spinner to a biscuit over Charles Barkley. Everybody wins. MeUndies has a little something for everyone on your list. You looking for more inspiration? Check out their holiday gift guide for all their cozy little comfy little situations. Listen, MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners, all right? Any first-time purchasers for my audience, How You Live in J. Piven, you get 15% off, free shipping right to your door. 
Your days of fighting for your life at a mall parking lot are over. You don't have to like go, hey, Chuck Liddell, I was there first. It's not going to happen because you can just get online, get me undies, right? 15% off your first order. Free shipping. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Go to MeUndies.com slash Piven. That's MeUndies.com slash P-I-V-E-N. All of Away's suitcases are designed to last a lifetime. Durable exteriors that can withstand even the roughest of baggage handlers, which you need, by the way. I travel all the time, and this stuff is sturdy. Every suitcase comes with an interior organization system that includes a built-in compression pad that helps you pack more in, and a hidden and removable laundry bag that separates your dirty clothes. Really important, you guys. Four 360-degree spinner wheels guarantee the smoothest roll, even through the most hectic of airports. And by the way, you need that. You don't want to be lugging this stuff around, throwing it over your shoulder, carrying it, all right? It's available in different sizes, polycarbonate, aluminum. I don't even know what polycarbonate is, but it's sturdy and it looks good. Away products are designed to last a lifetime. If any part of your suitcase breaks, Away standout customer service team will arrange to have it fixed or replaced. That's amazing, you guys. There's a 100-day trial on anything and everything Away makes. Wow. Take the product on the road, travel with it, get lost with it for 100 days. You can return it. Listen, start your 100-day trial and shop the entire Away lineup of travel essentials, including their best-selling suitcases, at awaytravel.com slash piven. That's awaytravel.com slash piven. Right. That's what took 10 years, to be like, oh, I'm actually delivering the guy that I thought I was in year two. Mm-hmm. You know, 10 years later, I'm like, oh, I'm actually like kind of that guy on stage. So realistically, it would take me how long to get to that place? 35 years. See, that is the first honest answer I've gotten yeah. in this entire journey. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. Um, so I will no longer be alive, which will be awkward. Perfect. But be doing my best work. Dude, just with ghosts. Funny that would be? And there are people that are still taking selfies, even though they're ghosts. So it'll be really fucking weird. I think it's great. Purgatory. Dude, um, I'm, I think it's amazing. Honestly, I think it's amazing that it's been a few years and... The fact that you still have even the itch, because like we were talking about, a lot of people, it's like, you already know you're successful in this other creative path. It's fulfilling, it's giving you fame and money, and you're like, like the fact that you even still want to do it, like to me, would be like, you know, he's probably... But it's how I got to where I was. If I wasn't hungry, I was never, you know what this is like, I was never any one type. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't, I'm, I'm looking at you. How old am I? What type am I? What ethnicity? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. there was never a character breakdown like this is that. You know I, what did, I, mean? I think it's funny that you say, you're like, I, I broke big at 37. Because I would definitely consider you like a, a pretty fucking known guy before that show. Well, I, I was always a working actor grinding and then... At 37, when I broke through and won the fresh face, and there's something mm-hmm. fresh about my face, that's when. And I was 40 movies into it. You're See, 40 movies in. Yeah, when I when I did Entourage, I was, and but that's that was the biggest lesson for me, which is take your ego and put it aside because it was the smallest role that had ever been offered to me in that space. 
Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No money, no trailer, no nothing. That was that was Entourage. The, really? For yeah. like season one? Absolutely. Build last. Did you no think, money? Did and, you think the material was great? I here's what I knew. I knew that people def, definitely wanted. There was a hunger to know about the backstage life of Hollywood, mm-hmm. and it's always been there. Um, and I knew that Wahlberg had very specific people in his life, and Ari was one of them. And mm-hmm. and I and he was my agent, so I knew how to play. Show him. me the paper, Ari. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So we were talking earlier. So that role was like doing a play because I had massive speeches and I had to hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. And you and you just said, you know, it's interesting that you're a few years into the stand-up journey and you're still hungry. I'm still hungry because. When I was doing Entourage, I was with, trying to finesse the dialogue and wanted to contribute right on my feet to it. And that was a, it was a different format. Uh-huh. So my job was like, do I pitch it before, three weeks before, on the day, whatever. And so I was constantly trying to do that. This is a form, as you know more than anyone, where it's all on you. And be careful what you wish for yeah. because you're driving the entire thing yourself. So it's a dream come true for me. It really is. Uh-huh. Um, and it's daunting. At the same time. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, so listen, if if I were to listen to all the stand-ups that say to me, it's going to take you six to ten years, Jeremy, before you can find your voice. And, you know, do I want to be 110 years old, you know, out there trying to yeah. do stand-up? I don't, which isn't to say that I'm trying to skip the line. I'm not. I just know that I have something to contribute. Uh-huh. And I want to figure out how to evolve as fast as I can. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's that's what this whole thing I, is about. I think I, I totally respect that. And I think that, I mean, I really do think that, you know, by just doing the reps, that's, that is the thing is like, somebody thinks they can cheat the line. You know what I mean? You think you, like someone out there thinks, well, you can, you can cut the line because you're a celebrity actor. It's like, there's some there's someone who is looking at the situation thinking that's an option like that you have the option to cut the line but you can't you you can cut the line to maybe meet somebody or, or like get permission to get in the room but you can't cut the line to be good like the good people they've just you know there's the inherent talent there's how much they work at it and then you know the rest is just it just happens so there's there is no way to cut the line that's why it's, I mean, I respect the fact that you're just like, I want to keep doing it. Because I, I honestly, I don't see my situation as that different because I look at it the same way. Like the only difference for me now is that I get the spots, I get good spots, but you still have to go up there and you still have to, you know what I mean? Like do the work. And you still, as the person, you still are like, I want it to be good and I want it to be better. And so, like, that's the drive, right? Like, to keep... Are you the type of person that, even at this point, is available to someone giving you notes? Yeah, you are. All the time. Oh, fuck yeah. The wife, obviously. The wife, friends. I mean, I love getting off stage and having comics go, like, this sucked. Really? And they do that to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like... Friends, friends who are comics, for sure will be like, you know, like that bit feels like it's half done or like, don't you feel like you could tie these together? Like, I love talking shop but about he, jokes. He, here's a cliche, but it's couldn't, 
be more true. If you don't commit to the bit, you'll never know what it contains. Uh -huh. So do you feel like at this point, I mean, how do you know when to walk away? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And how do you know when I haven't gone deep enough? No, those are good. I think those are good questions. And I don't know that anybody really knows. You know what I mean? Like, the, are, are you looking for a quality of laugh that like, okay, that's the button. Now I, now I got it. Yeah, kind of. I mean, like I, I want to feel like I'm done talking about it. That's really my thing is like, you know, there's, I think like the best comics beat up the thing from all angles. So like, I want to feel that feeling of like, whatever I brought up and want to talk about, I've exhausted my, my thoughts on it. And then if, if you, and especially obviously if you go out on a big laugh and you make it interesting, it's like, there's a feeling of like, that's done. But the worst is when you think it's done and someone's like, you know, that's just not done, right? And you're like, oh, really? And because then you feel like you're, how oh, am I being lazy about it? You know, but you. Are you constantly thinking like a comic in real life where it's at, at a point where it's almost too much and you're unable to be totally present with people? Um, I would say that it goes on and off and that you, like, I feel like there are times there's like, there's that feeling sometimes. The other feeling that becomes quite prevalent is the opposite where you're like, oh man, like how come I'm not thinking about jokes at all for, and it'll be like, sometimes it's like a week, two weeks and it feels frustrating. And, and you know what I mean? Like you feel like. What's going on? Um, and then you try to turn it on, and then you realize you're like, you just need to kind of relax, um, clear some of the nonsense out of your mind. Like maybe you're thinking too much about, you know, business or like talking to this person, and then I've definitely noticed a difference with me now that I've kind of gone all in because I knew if I didn't go all in and every weekend be in a different city and do five to eight shows a week. You know, if I wasn't doing that, I can't be good. Uh -huh. There's, you can't, because I was, I remember I was, you know, on set and then I would rap and try to go and do a, a you know. Really? A quick, yeah. And I remember standing up there going, what am I doing? But it's interesting because I, what I was doing was preparing for this life. I had no idea. Are you I, doing that many spots now? Yeah. You are? Oh, are you kidding? Yeah, Jesus, absolutely, man. absolutely. And there, I, I was headlining way too early. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you you find that out. I mean, but I mean, I was because I I knew myself if I I'm good with deadlines. So my first headlining gig, I just called up the dude mm -hmm. at Yuck Yucks and said, "I'm coming." And I go, "How much time do I need?" And he goes, "35 minutes." And I go, "Okay, I have 12 in my head." Mm -hmm. And like, I, I need yeah. to get to 35 yeah. at the speed of light. So you just got to do it. And you, I mean, I'm really good with, with deadlines. Okay. You gotta, you gotta get after it, you know, cause I'm used to like, okay, if I don't have these lines down, if I don't own this monologue, I'm, you know what I mean? You yeah. have to. Yeah. So I like deadlines too. I like it. Yeah. So I'm now thinking like a comic. I don't know if I'm thinking like a good comic. I have no idea, but I am yeah. now thinking like, oh, okay, well that's good. I'll, it'll be a bait and switch that I'm thinking organically. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it, 
I'm not saying it happened faster than most. All I know is that I threw myself into this and because I've been in, on stage since I was eight years old. And so I've been taking direction. My parents were my first directors at the theater. So I've been taking direction and my whole life. Uh -huh. So that now I'm giving myself the direction, which is these are your beats. These are your transitions. What else is out there? What's funny about that? And just keep, you know, just without, be, without being didactic and I'm beating myself up so that I'm now actually thinking like a comic, which was really kind of surprising to me and I love it. Yeah. Um, but I can, I know that I have miles to go. Yeah. But that's, you know, you said your friends, you know, will say things to you. I personally, there's nothing better than someone being honest with me. Oh, yeah. There was, there was a guy and he w was a, a former athlete, but he, his, he really is an artist, a frustrated artist. And he was just totally honest with me. He goes, you have so many more gears. What are you doing? You're not using, and um, and he was right. And do so, you play off of like you're aware, right, when you're up there that if you go up there, there that the audience is like that's the guy from whatever. Mm -hmm. it's like that's something that always not that you have to always uh, write to that, but it's something that you're always like aware of that they're like that. Well, here's what's interesting. In life, I don't think that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not thinking, oh, this pro person probably knows me from and to a fault, you know, because I do operate with everyone innocent until proven guilty. And that's just yeah. the way I've always been to sure. a fault. And, and people have mistaken that for weakness, which is a whole other conversation, which is fine. It's I good literally. Good podcast, man. <laughs> What's that? It'd be a good podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should do it sometime because I've, I remember I was on a date one time and this woman just circled my face and goes, what, what what's going on here? What is this? Literally, what is this? What's go and I go? I don't know. What's what are you, what are you saying? Doing? She, yeah, she goes. What's the drop the nice guy shit? Just drop it. And I'm going. I literally was just lost. I was like, what does she think? And I didn't even click at the moment. Oh, she thinks I'm Ari Gold. She yeah. thinks that this I'm a, putting something on right now. Yeah, I'm. And so it was very interesting. So my point is, I think if I thought about that and thought about how people see me, I'd lose my mind. Yeah. So I'm just this guy from Chicago who's doing his thing and I got my French Bulldog and I'm going to go get some coffee and yeah. whatever. Do you know what I mean? But you're absolutely right. When I'm on stage, I have to address the elephant in the room. Sure. And so that's what I do organically in my set, which is bring those stories up and talk about, you know, people being confused and thinking it was possibly yeah. a documentary, you know, and they didn't know it was scripted. Sure. And so they think I'm Ari. And so I tell stories about that and I kind of organically guide them in and let them know it's okay. Let them know how damaged I am, that I'm actually worse than them, be incredibly self-deprecating. And by the way, I, I would love for you to see my set. It may be, I, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm going with my truth and just trying to go deeper and deeper with it. And that's all I can do. Dude, you're doing the best version of like what somebody who like who doesn't start at 20 can do, which is like you're going all in now. Yeah, uh, it's it's way better than like most people would just go like, yeah, I do stand up sometimes. I'm doing it a few years and they would do like their one show a month and that'd be fine. You know that that like they want to do that. But like you're doing it the way like you're talking about. It's like to get better, which is, I think, the whole point of anything you know yeah and you know 
I am older. I don't have decades to figure this shit yeah. out. You know what I mean? But I feel like Tupac towards the end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the clock is ticking, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do I have 11 but days? What, is there end game for you? Like, do you feel like there? Because that's the other thing is like, I don't know that there's really, there's your own end game that you put on it. But is there really an end game to this? There is in terms of, I would love to get up there and do an hour set and document it and have it be something that I'm proud of. That's an attainable goal, for sure. Don't go anywhere. How You Live in J-Pivot will be right back after we pay some bills. Stamps.com, you guys. Check this out. If you're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office, I know I am. It's a nightmare. Dodge all that traffic, that hectic shopping traffic. Why not save time and money? Stamps.com. All right? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense. Becoming a businessman. Somehow, it's only taken me 200 years. So, you know, I've got, you know, the Piv Robusto cigars going. Um, I've obviously got the How You Live in J. Piven. I got a hat line. I, I, I'm, if you could see me right now, I'm in the middle of nowhere filming, and I yet I have to continue to run this stuff, and that's why Stamps.com comes in handy. Whether you're selling online or running an office or a side hustle like myself, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays and get discounts you can't find anywhere else, up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS, okay? Save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PIVEN, P-I-V-E-N, for special offers that include a four-week trial, free postage, and digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter PIVEN, P-I-V-E-N. Let's go, kids. Stamps.com. You guys, the holidays are approaching, and I get it. You know, we can be strapped for cash around this time. So here's the deal. Everyone's thinking about some ways to save some extra money. Well, here it is. Consolidate your high-interest credit card balances to a lower rate and save with Lightstream. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans with rates starting at 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. It's much lower than national average interest on credit cards of over 19% APR. Plus, your rate is fixed. So, as rates continue to rise, your low rate won't budge. That's amazing, by the way. There are no fees, and you can even get your money as soon as the day that you apply. Just for my listeners, apply now, get a special interest rate discount, and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash Piven. That's lightstream, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash Piven, P-I-V-E-N. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99 APR include 0.50 auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offer are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Piven for more information. Like one, the best advice I got when I was like, the first time I was going to record an album, I was, I, the first time I was entertaining the idea of recording an album, 
I was, uh, let's see, probably three or four years in to stand up. And I just saw everybody putting out albums, you know, this was like mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, like I should do an album, right? Because that's what people are doing. And then I had, uh, I was opening for Dave Attell, who I think is like the best comic. Uh, and, you know, we're in the green room and I feel like I have access to him, obviously. I could talk to him. And I was like, yeah, everyone's doing albums. Uh, I don't know, like maybe I should do an album. Do you have any like opinion on that? And he goes, uh, do you have an hour that you're in love with? And I was like, no. And he was like, then don't do it. And it sounds simple, but at the time I was just like, well, that's just a no. But then I realized that like you should say yes when, when you reach the point that, you're that your goal, like what you're talking about, when you feel like, you know what, this is a finished piece of work. This is, a, this is an hour that's ready to present. And I don't know, more than anything, I do feel like that's just a feeling. It's not somebody's, are you like, I wrote that this is the finale. It's a feeling. You're like, this is ready to go. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I get that. I feel that. And I could continue to work on this forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but at a certain point, I just think it would be incredibly fun to document it. For sure. And on paper, it's going to be too soon for every comic. Right. And everyone's going to doubt me. And I get that. And listen, the, the great thing about the journey is that um, at every turn, there's going to be someone that's going to doubt you. Mm -hmm. And that is not going to believe in you. And to me, I just, um, I get and I'm not, it just sounds so cliched, but I'm so inspired by that. Mm -hmm. That fires me up. Of course. It really fires me up. It's like the competitive kind of thing in you too, right? When oh you my like, God, you have no idea. You know, so many people, so many comics are just like. You can't do this, man. You, you, yeah. and, and you know, it's gonna, come on, man. At least six to 10 years. And I get notes from comics. And the, the other day I got this text and the guy was like, you got to overthink your material. In other words, I'm not even thinking about my material. Over, overthink it. And then the last line was, although I didn't see the set. So it's like... <laughs> I mean... You know, so you, I do get a lot of that. So you got to... I love notes, but you got to see the set. Yeah. And you have to try... Like, when I told you, like, I love that feedback, I don't love that feedback from everybody. Yeah. I love it from, like, select... You know what I mean? Like, I don't want everyone... I've had people email me and they're like, hey, man... Like just random people are like, are you looking for someone to help you write jokes? I'm like, not you, bitch. Like, I'll <laughs> I'll take notes from like other good comics. So that's the thing with you, and I get that. And I'm not judging it. So you're only gonna and and be honest with me. Yeah. And I'm not judging yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But you're only gonna take notes from guys who are comedians you respect. Fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And everybody should. That's one piece of advice that I believe in saying. Definitely take advice from people you respect. I mean, there's you're probably at this point where like everyone feels like you know because they've been on stage they can tell you whatever. But I'm saying you know you're polite and be like oh nice thanks. But the person like the people you should actually you know in, like internalize those notes and think about like make sure you respect what they do on stage. You know. Yeah, but that's the crazy thing. Yes, and I will say. Here's a, here's a bad sports analogy. The best players don't make the best managers. Okay? True. 
basketball, would Michael Jordan be a great coach? We don't know. Well, but here's the thing. I, I almost feel like, I, I don't know if you're going this place. I feel like some of the best notes I've ever gotten are not from super successful comics, but they are from comics that I respect. So I've come off stage and someone has said something about my set where I've been like, holy shit. And it's from, but it's not can from you, somebody. Can you give me a, a note that you've ever gotten where you want, that's, I can really use it? Well, these weren't like, they're not like, they were specific to what I was doing. You know, specific, like I've had people break down like why that's lazy. Those are some of my favorite notes. Because you can get in the habit of like, you know, I'm touring, you're putting stuff together, everyone's laughing, you're like, this is all working fine. And then somebody goes like, that thing you get a big laugh on, that's kind of lazy. And you're like, what? And then you think about it and you're like, you know, he's got a good point. And you think about it more and you're like, I have actually a great point. Like, it, it's like the approach to the joke was lazy. It's not just like it was a, a lazy line. It's like what you're actually saying could be more thoughtful. And I think ultimately you want to put out something that's like, you know, interesting, thoughtful, and funny, right? Not just one or the other, but the combination of the two. So I've had that. And then I've had things where it's like, you know, there's a final punchline and you're like, the joke's over. And dude, somebody throws like a tag, like one thing, and you're like, oh my God. Like, it's, it almost makes you mad that like somebody else threw it at you and it didn't come. You're like, God damn it. That's so good. Um, so things like that have happened to me from, like I said, great comedians, but not necessarily like household names. Right. You know? Well, but that's a whole conversation unto itself. They don't necessarily match up. There's Absolutely. a lot of brilliant comics that should be crushing. 100%. And there's a lot of superstars that are doing some lazy Garbage. stuff. Garbage. Yes, for sure. Both. 100%. So I, I hear what you're saying. With me, what's interesting is, for good or ill, I take a no from anyone. I swear to God. I, I, don't, mean, I don't care. I don't care because, yeah. because they could be... You know, some some guy that's just opening and been doing it for a few years. You know what I mean? It's not bad to listen to anybody's, especially like I said, when you're you're essentially a young comic, right? Because you're you're a couple of years in. So in an old body. It, yeah, you're so old. But like, you know, to he, like to let anybody say what they have to say, sure. But I'm saying that you know, look, you you've been around enough to know like. Some people are going to be selling you some bullshit, and you probably have a good bullshit detector. Well, I, I, I do definitely with acting. Uh, I don't. What's a big bullshit note from actors? Um, uh, let's see. Um, anything, anything that would betray the ideology of your character. I know it sounds very pretentious, yeah. but if your character thinks a certain way and they're going to say something that would totally sell them out, and you're like, wait a minute, hold on. Um, you know, but also I work very hard to be able to be very big, but truthfully big. Right, grounded so big. So over the top, yeah. that, you know, might be taken as overacting, but I have to keep it rooted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you ever have other actors... Like, well, you've you've had to, like in all these, you've had actors been like, hey man, could you uh, could you dial that back some, like what you're doing? Or like, I give you a note, like go like, why don't you why don't you do this instead? And you're like, what the fuck? 
Yeah. What do you tell, do you address it? Um, I, I learned something from Robert Downey. I watched him. His trick is, oh my God, that, I didn't, that's an amazing idea. Hold on, let me, let me give that a shot. Never touches it. So it's just, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but it's also your job as an actor, you know, if the writer or the director really has some strong ideas, you, you have to attempt it. But what I've noticed every single time is, just for me, just do one, do just one. one. And then yeah. you do that one, they keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you really hate it, you don't do it. Like if you're like this fucking, I don't like this. You 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 fight tooth and nail, and then you know it's a it's a compromise, and you you got to figure that out. But th my training as an actor has led me to, and and this is one thing that stand ups push aside: mm -hmm. how much of a variable it is to have a background on stage, performing, and and, and yeah. yeah, to be very very comfortable and to have sketch comedy and all that kind of stuff. But the variable for me is like you were just talking about, like being able to think of tags and to get your mind to think that way mm -hmm. is not easy. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think of it as like easy or hard. It's more just like, it'd be like boxing, man. You know, someone was like, how you slip punches? And you're like, it's kind of fucking a whole thing, you know? It's like, but like if you're doing it, you know, 12, 15, 22 years, you'd be like, yeah, I kind of, I don't even think, you know what I mean? It's, just, it's so automatic. So that's a, a big part of like the skill sets from stand-up that are like, holy shit, are just so many years of doing it. Right. Probably like acting too though, right? Yes, but what's interesting is if you're a stand-up and you come to a set with me, mm -hmm. I immediately embrace you yeah. and we figure out a way for you to be great. Yes. And it's not the same with stand-up. That's very true. It that just is isn't. Very like true. what you just said was for me to think in terms of tagging and being really great is what you just said, 12, 17, 20 years. I, yeah. I want to figure out a way to take this world and everything that is in it and, and, and evolve as fast as I possibly can with it. And that's, that's all I'm trying to do. And if I would t were to tell you a number, you know, that I want to be really good by, no one would believe me, but that's okay. Because one of the things I talk about on stage is I'm very delusional. I'm the opposite of you. Yeah. And um, But I've... there's advantages to that. <laughs> no, there really are. Yeah. I talk about all, I think about this a lot, about the advantages of like, you know, like I feel like delusional type of people uh, beat like cancer more. I'm serious. I, I, I really do. Well, I think that I, I know people who have gotten sick and I'm like, you're going to die because I'm a realistic about it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, it's impossible. And like, it's, they're not just saying it, like they believe it. And I've seen these people get well. And I'm like, this person is fucking out of their minds. Well, that's a whole other conversation about your, your thoughts then inform your cells and your but entire I body. I see their delusion you... in other aspects. So it's not that they're just delusional about health. They're, they're, they do things like, I'm gonna fucking run a marathon next month. And mm -hmm. you're like, what? No, you're not. Well, that's what I did with stand-up. I, I didn't have the time. I had nowhere near the time to do, to, to headline. Yeah. But I was like, I need to figure this out and throw myself into it and do it as fast as I possibly can. And yeah, had I had, you know, eight years experience, it would have scared the shit out of me. And in a weird way, because I didn't, I went, everything you got, just throw it in and, and you'll get up there and you'll just embrace it and you'll navigate the space. And by throwing yourself out there and landing on your face 
and crashing, you're going to learn mm -hmm. and you're going to get better. Yeah. And that's that's the only way to do it. And I do find those heavy lifting moments and I go into places where, you know, I'm the only white boy or it's just a bunch of comics and it's going to be negative and I got to I got to dig it's my tough, way out. It's tough, man. It's tough. I, I, I have hats off to you. I think it's tough. It really is. And you're right. The the set life, it's like all the veteran actors are like, hey, you're great. And then everybody like makes you feel like you belong. Right. stand-up is 100% the opposite. Right. Everyone's like, fuck you. Like, it's it's totally different. Well, what's interesting about that is, is I appreciate that. And I appreciate that stand-ups, there is a rite of passage. Mm -hmm. And I really respect it all. It doesn't mean that I have to say, okay, well, everything you say is true. Right. And it's it's a science and I'm going to adhere to your science. It's like, well, wait a minute. We're all different. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I respect it, but I'm all in. That's the right perspective. You you have the right of perspective. It's like, you know, you respect the art form, the people that have been doing it longer. Thanks for having me here. But like not everything you say is gospel. For sure. For anyone, dude, not anyone. Right. I wouldn't listen to every every note from fucking, you know, any comic. I don't care who it is, man. I do. I don't. I. I'm not. I would be like, if it's a like a master of, I'd be like, okay, you know, we're talking Chappelle, Seinfeld. I'd be like, oh wow, that's. Weird. But like, if I disagree, I'd be like, yeah, no, they're wrong. For for me, you know, I, I still would be like, it's really, I should really give it some thought. They really know what they're talking about, but I don't necessarily agree. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I just find it fascinating because, for instance, the best, one of the best directors I ever worked with was an actor who was not a great actor and was very self-conscious. That's so fascinating. And he just wasn't a great actor. And what he did was, as a director, he created an atmosphere where actors could do their best work mm -hmm. because he never had that. So he created an atmosphere that he always dreamed about mm -hmm. where... Actors could do two takes in a row without, people are coming and changing all, everything here so we can get momentum. It's acting as a momentum sport. So he just created all this stuff and he's a really insightful, great director. But he's, you know, not, he, by his own admission, not a great actor at all. That's so, interesting. That's going to be me, man. I'm being a great director. Watch. So <laughs> please tell me who it is off mic, okay, as soon as we cut. Okay. I absolutely will. Come Pete, on. Pete Berg. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Pete Berg. Got a, got a performance out of The Rock in the rundown. I mean, he just he just knows how to do it, and he and he does it on a very high level. So my point is, I will literally take an acting, I will even take an acting note from anyone. I don't care who it is, you know, because mm -hmm. because you you listen to it and you go, okay, they may be a really frustrated actor, they may be a really frustrated stand-up, but they see something and go, hey, there's something else there, That's or that was hacky. Thank you. That's true. Even though they may be a hack. That's, yes. I, I. There's an old saying, you spot it, you got it. Yes. They're a hack, they see you being a hack. I yes. don't know. No, no, you're... you're so I'll dude, take a note from anyone. That's, yeah, I, you should be open to the notes from anyone. Whether or not you respect the note is a whole different thing. But, yeah, no, that's a great point. Man, Pete Berg, that dude, he does make dope movies. Yeah. He's a good director, great director. Now go back and look at his acting, and I'm not talking... You know, I'm not. I'm not trying to bury the guy. It's just, it's just the way it is. That's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, like, what, how how good of an actor was Ron Howard? Was he a good actor? I don't even remember. He was just like a decent actor, right? I mean, he was in a famous show, but like yeah. no one ever was like, man, you got to see. He was fine. He's a great director. Correct. Yeah, 
So yeah, the, those, you know. That definitely exists. It kind of makes sense, right? It, like, it kind of adds up in your mind that like somebody doesn't have to be a great actor to put it, like to actually direct a scene. But I can also see the, the opposite being very true. You'd be hard pressed to find. I mean, could Daniel Day-Lewis direct? We have no idea. Probably not. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's but almost- Can you stop being so weird, man? Just for this one scene? <laughs> but you, you, you have to you have, you think about that. Like, it's almost a great prerequisite that you're not a great actor and then you could be able to direct because mm -hmm. there's something else missing that you long for. Yeah. And then so you're, you're able to articulate that for other people. That's really interesting. Or you have an insight into it. It's like, fuck, I can't. Well, to the same token, some of the best comedy writers are definitely not great stand-ups. I mean, that is... There's a thousand examples of that. There are guys who are just absolutely standing and deliver, you know, they're, they're, you know, writers up on stage. And, um, you know, I had a guy who basically just said to me, you know, everything you're doing, stop. Why are you trying so hard? Yeah. Why are you performing? You're going to eat yourself up. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. And that's his style. And his style is, he's great. But it's not my style. Yeah. So I can hear what he's saying and take that on board. And even though I know, okay, well, he's just trying to get me to do what he's doing. But still, maybe there's something there that I can take. Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's something I can take from every everyone. You know you're what in, I mean? But that's also like that's also part of like where you're at with this. You're at that's like the where you're at is being like being the sponge is the good thing. You know what I mean? Being open to all of it at this point is the right mentality you know but like eight years from now if i sit down with you you're not gonna be like i'm so open to everybody's thoughts there's no way <laughs> no way like fuck that motherfucker yeah you'll be like that you have any sucks. idea who i think i am bitch yeah yeah no way man now we should have this conversation after you see my set and you're like oh man dude i'm gonna hang that dog. shit up I got some and it starts with you suck ass <laughs> no i think it's it's awesome you're doing it man it's awesome you're sticking with it Thank you. I appreciate it because, you know, you're you're one of those guys who have who have earned it very honestly. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, there's there's no tricks. There's no hokey other shit that has come involved that like, oh, you got this so that you get the love. And now you it's just like, no, you've been grinding people. You've earned your on your audience very honestly. Yeah, that's why I was I was really happy to sit down with you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I and mean, we're not going to keep any of this. No, I know. Just but maybe a DVD or something like that. No, not even extras. Nothing. nothing. Zero. Cool. It's, it's a fucking wrap. Right. But it was good hanging with you. It was fun. I had a good yeah. time. <laughs> How you live in Jay Piven is a cast original podcast in association with Common Enemy and Penderfoot TV. Producer is Kyle Tequila. Theme song by Common. Executive producer for cast is Harley Roman. Executive producers for Tenderfoot TV are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Executive producers for Common Enemy are Jared Einson and Dave Osco. Catch all new episodes of How You Live in J. Piven every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts.